Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The portion of God's Word to which we draw our attention this morning is our Gospel reading, the last part of our Gospel reading, Luke 17, verses 5 through 10. Listen again to verses 5 and 6 of that passage. Please rise as we hear these words. The apostles said to the Lord, Increase our faith. The Lord said, If you had faith like a mustard seed, you could tell this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Thus far, God's word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Who wants more? Maybe we ask that question at the end of a supper where we've got guests over and we want to make sure that everybody has had enough to eat. Or maybe that just kind of typifies the way we think about life. More. We want more. We want more money. We want more things. We want more time to spend as we see fit. We want more friends. We want more satisfaction. We want more faith. More faith? Is that something that we think about? Well, maybe. Maybe when you've been betrayed by a friend for the umpteenth time and they come to you and ask for forgiveness, maybe you think, I need more faith. Maybe when you lose someone close to you, a a relative, a, a close friend, maybe you think you need more faith. Maybe you don't feel like getting up on a particular Sunday to come to church. And maybe you think, I need more faith. Maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe you think that your faith is strong enough to handle whatever it is that comes your way. The apostles in this gospel reading didn't think that way. Jesus had just told them about the danger of causing someone to stumble in their faith. That it would be better for that person to, if a millstone would be hung around his neck and he would be thrown into the sea, than to offend someone in their faith. The apostles knew that their faith needed to be as strong as possible so that they wouldn't cause someone to stumble. And that's why they they asked that Request of the Lord. And it's the same request we make. Increase our faith. And how does Jesus respond to that request? Well, Jesus encourages our faith. It would be completely out of character, wouldn't it, for Jesus to turn down such a request? For, for the apostles to say, increase our faith, and Jesus to say, nah, forget it. But what would seem likely was that he would encourage their faith. And really, that's what he was doing in this passage. Now, maybe it didn't sound that way. Jesus said, if you had faith like a mustard seed. And really, what Jesus was doing was putting the possibility out there that the disciples did have faith like a mustard seed. He's not saying necessarily that they did or they didn't, but really he's setting up this possibility for the sake of argument. Now, again, it it does help us to back up a few verses and get the context here. 
The disciples were looking for a stronger faith. They were looking for a faith that would keep them from causing someone to stumble. And so Jesus encourages them. He doesn't say to them, you are so weak. Your, your faith is not, not even as big as the grain of a mustard seed. Now, there were times when Jesus told his disciples that they were ones of little faith. But this is not one of them. This is a time for Jesus to increase the disciples' faith in him, to increase their reliance on him. And so he gets them to think. Now, it would be a pretty safe assumption to to say that the disciples did have faith, faith at least of a mustard seed, because they had been with him for quite some time. They had been hearing him preach and teach. They had watched him perform all kinds of miracles. They confessed who Jesus was. They trusted in him as their Savior, as their Messiah. They had faith in him. And so when Jesus says, well, let's assume for a moment that your faith is the size of a mustard seed. In their minds, they're thinking, yep, check, got that one. And then Jesus tells them how powerful their faith is. How strong their faith is. How amazing their faith is. When he goes on and talks about uprooting that mulberry tree and throwing it into the sea. The apostles needed this encouragement from Jesus. They knew that the work that was ahead of them was going to be very difficult. They were going to have all kinds of challenges come their way. They didn't want to fail. And they didn't want to cause anyone to stumble in their faith. Maybe we have the same sorts of thoughts as we think about the work that we have that is before us. The same thoughts as the apostles We've been given the same task that Jesus gave them. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And so we hear that, we look at that work that is before us, and we make that same request of Jesus. Increase our faith. Why? Well, because the same thing about that millstone around the neck, that applies to us too. We don't want to cause someone to stumble in their faith. Jesus had also told the apostles that they needed to forgive someone when they come to them even seven times a day. His point was, you forgive them as many times as they come to you. We know that that's not easy. We may get tired of someone if they come to us a few times in a day, our patience starts to, starts to wear thin. We want to hold a grudge. We need a stronger faith, don't we? And that's why Jesus encourages us also. Assuming that you have such a faith, he says, you could say to this mulberry tree, he's not saying that we don't have the faith that we need. He's not saying that we're not as forgiving as he is. But we're not necessarily using our faith. We may not be using what Jesus has already given us. Why not? Why don't we always use the faith that Jesus gives us? Well, because our faith wavers. 
One of the biggest problems that's pointed out here by Jesus is really that of doubt. Do you honestly think that you could go outside right now and and speak to one of the trees that's on our church property and say for it to, to be uprooted and thrown across the country and into the ocean? It's hard, isn't it? It's hard not to doubt. It's hard to have such an unwavering, strong faith that would believe that God would actually uproot that tree. So also in our work as Jesus' disciples, we doubt many times that we're able to do it. We doubt that it'll do any good to to speak to someone about our faith. And so we just blow right past those opportunities that God puts in front of us. We figure we have all kinds of time to to talk to that annoying relative about God, about our faith. And so we just keep putting it off, putting it off until we get to it sometime. We get frustrated with the person that maybe is a little newer to the faith. It keeps, keeps asking us questions. And we don't want to cause that little one to stumble. Very simply put, we don't always use the faith that God gives us. And in this we sin. And because of this sin, we should really die because sin brings death. So what's the answer? It's really very simple. We trust. We have faith in Jesus, in what he has done for us. He tells us that he came to this world to live for us, to live a perfect life for us. And he did. And then he credits that life to us. Every single time that Jesus was tempted to doubt, to doubt his heavenly father, he didn't. He always trusted in him. And then Jesus tells us that he died for us. That he took the punishment that we deserved from God. For all of our doubts, for every single time that we show a lack of trust in God, Jesus died. And then he rose from the dead to show that he had conquered death, to show that we too someday would rise from the dead. Because he lives, we also will live. We may look at our faith as as being small, as being insignificant, not up to the task before us. But in that faith, in that that trust in Jesus, we have that mustard seed size faith that has the power of the one who creates faith, the one who forgives us way more than seven times a day, the one who can uproot a tree and, and plant it in the sea. You see, when it comes down to it, we really shouldn't quantify our faith. Faith really is an all-or-nothing proposition. We either have it or we don't. That plea of, increase my faith, maybe we should reword it and just say, Lord, erase my doubts. Then again, whatever we do by faith, we need to stay humble. To remind us to stay humble, Jesus told this parable in this passage about the slave and the master. And we know who the slaves are. We know that we are God's slaves. Now that sounds like a bad thing in many respects. We know that that slaves aren't really free to do what they want to do. You have to do what 
the master says. You don't have freedom in all respects in your life. Whatever the master says to do, you have to do it. Now, that alone should keep us humble that we are God's slaves. We deserve nothing from him. We deserve only what he gives us. At the same time, we have this paradox, this wonderful inconsistently inconsistency that we are not just God's slaves, but that we're also his children. Think of how many times in Scripture God is called our Father. We pray that in the Lord's Prayer. We say, Our Father. It's as John says in his Gospel, To all who received Jesus, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Note how we became God's children. It wasn't anything we did. God did it all. God worked faith in Jesus in us. He made us his children. We didn't do it ourselves. He made us his children through Christ, through his work in our place. And so we still have no bragging rights in our relationship before God. We may be children of God, but that's really because he made us his children. But we're still God's slaves. And as such, we we do need to continue to stay humble even though we have strong faith, even though we do our duty for God. Jesus said, So also you, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done what we were supposed to do. Now granted, maybe we try to claim credit at times. That's when our humility really starts to falter a little. When we claim credit, we kind of slip into the mode of thinking that God somehow owes us, that we deserve the blessings that God gives. Maybe we think to ourselves, oh, come on, God, haven't I given so much already? Haven't I done enough already? Could I get a pass on some of these other things that you want me to do? We have to keep in mind, though, that God doesn't reward us because of what we do. If that were the case, if he gave us what we deserve, well, then we would only deserve hell because that is what we deserve because of our sins. And God doesn't pay us because then that would erase everything that grace is about, his undeserved love and mercy. No, rather, God does reward us in his grace simply because he wants to, because he is a loving father. Because of Christ's work for us. He overlooks all of our imperfect service to him. He overlooks those those imperfections, our sins, and he gives us his grace, his mercy. He grants us forgiveness and eternal life. He doesn't treat us like slaves. He treats us like children, like heirs of his kingdom. And so we have to say humbly, we can claim no credit when it comes to whatever we do in our service to God. Paul says in Galatians 2, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Anything that we do for God, any kind of service that we render to God, it's not us doing it. It's really Christ in us who is is doing it anything we do for God. He lived a perfect life 
for us. He died a perfect death for us. And now he lives in us to work for God, to do what God wants us to do. So when we ask Jesus, increase my faith. Another way of saying that would be, Lord, help me to stand back so that you can work through me. We do have faith. But sometimes we get in the way because we don't trust completely in what God does. So keep looking at the power of that mustard seed faith. Not, it's not our power. It's the power of the one who brought us to faith in the first place. It's the power of our loving God, our loving Savior. Serve him with a humble heart, not expecting anything in return, but simply looking forward to his gifts of grace for us. Increase our faith, Lord, so that your kingdom grows through our work. Amen.